0: Hello, and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Semperoper in Dresden, Germany. This week, we're back with Christoph Pohl and Michael Schütze discussing the German Umlaut sounds that are so tough for us foreigners. The texts we focus on are Mondnacht and Die Mainacht. As I had said in the last episode, I had a whirlwind trip home last weekend for some family obligations. I have a pretty large family, and much of my extended family plays some kind of musical instrument too, including twin cousins who write and perform country music, and a teenage nephew who's already an excellent rock guitarist. Of course, growing up, my mom was the pianist of the family, but one of my earliest memories is playing little piano duets with my Uncle Lynn, who, although he was a businessman, also played saxophone in a local wind ensemble. A few years ago he moved into a full-care residence, and one of the things I love to do when I get back is to go have a hymn sing with all of the patients there. My best friend and I started that tradition a few summers ago. We just grabbed the old tabernacle hymnals and took requests from the audience. My dad's sister, and aunt came along, and Uncle Lynn even brought his saxophone. The following winter we went and sang Christmas carols there again, and this past February we went through an old songbook of the top songs from 1900 to 1940, some of those old classics that you can only hear on XM radio anymore. The first time we went, the residents were a little skeptical, because apparently the day before, a pianist had been in to play for them, but he never talked to them after the introduction. He just played and left. But they warmed up to us pretty quickly once they found out that they were expected to sing along and could pick their own songs. In choosing music as a profession, It can become just a job, and sometimes we forget why we do this in the first place. Because music brings us joy as well as others. Music can touch and heal people. After ten hours a day of sitting behind a piano, usually the last thing I want in my free time is music. But performing in a venue like that makes it fun again, takes the pressure off being perfect, and puts it squarely back where it belongs, on how much fun we have making music. Especially in a time of such economic crunch where funds for the arts are being slashed in most countries, and we all have to tighten our belts and worry a lot, I think it's important to find ways of reminding ourselves of the true importance of what we do, and I hope you can find ways to keep it fun for yourselves. I'll post links to the texts for today at the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. Our first text today is Mondnacht, Written by Josef von Eichendorff, a German romantic poet and author whose works have been set by many composers. According to Wikipedia, von Eichendorff's poetry is marked by the theme that man should find happiness in the full absorption of the beauties and changing moods of nature. This text lends credence to that statement.
1: Die Mondnacht Es war, als hätte der Himmel, die Erde still geküsst, dass sie im Blütenschimmer von ihm nur träumen müsst. The Luft ging durch die Felder, die Ähren wogten sacht. Es rauschten leis die Wälder, so sternklar war die Nacht. Und meine Seele spannte weit ihre Flügel aus, flog durch die stillen Lande, als flöge sie nach Haus.
0: That was Christoph Paul reading "Mont Nacht. And I thought we'd talk about these. You with an umlaut, the open and the closed, because they're these always are tough for Americans.
1: Yeah, why? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love those sounds you don't have in your own language,
1: right? <coughs> yeah, yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> so we get in the first verse, we actually get both of them pretty much back to back, right?
1: Yeah, it's geküsst und blütenschimmer. I mean, the double S, which is written as an uh, SZ, is it's like a little bit like uh, in, 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 in Italian geküsst. Yeah, that that is a, bit, a little bit too much, but it's the same. So that
0: the S is just a little bit longer. Yeah, mm-hmm. And because of that it shortens the vowel and then therefore opens it.
1: Yeah, and you see it. There's a, a T coming up after the U umlaut. It's Blütenschimmer.
0: So it's only one consonant.
1: Yeah, only one consonant, and you, uh, yeah, all put it together in a, in a very legato way. Blütenschimmer.
0: Yeah, well, and just to compare that, then we have the the open. The, the a umlaut which we are here in this verse is short.
1: Yeah, it, normally it's als hätte der Himmel. And, uh, yeah, in, in the old times they just said, leave the E out in the end and als hätte der Himmel.
0: Okay, well, actually, while we're there, would you then say hätte der Himmel, explode the T as well, and then say the D too? Yeah, to? of
1: course. I, I would do it. I mean, other lead singers do hätte der Himmel, but and just said Himmel. <laughs> <laughs> Too much English. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but for me to make it clear, it's het der Himmel. And it's totally different, because uh, uh, it's a different from the het, and der is a little bit uh, softer. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it, it's very important actually to make this uh, Unterschied. The, the difference. The difference, yeah.
0: Exactly. And then we have the long a umlaut in the second verse.
1: Die Ähren.
0: Then we can really hear that open air,
1: yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's a typical German thing, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The ER. but it's 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 like Italian uh, uh, cosa uh, what? So it's it's yeah.
0: it's very bright. It's the same.
1: It is bright. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So and normally when we have a u in a row, like in the next sentence.
1: Es rauschten.
0: Then we yeah. have, then so we have a oh, o. It's that diphthong that goes from starts from a. Wow. Uh, but when we have the a the a umlaut with the u,
1: then we have träumen,
0: which suddenly goes to a completely different place.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, tröy. That's a good question. It's an open o um It's it's more it's more an o sound then. Yeah, yeah To so exactly. bring it that together. Yeah, träumen.
0: The other thing I wanted to talk about in this piece is. Though some some consonants that devoice themselves, like in okay in the word wokten this comes from what verb?
1: Vegan. It's like, what is the English vegan?
0: Vegan, uh, uh, like a, a oh, cradles sort Crad- of. Cradle. I think. Yeah. Like is a vegan lead is a cradle song. I cradle you cradle. <laughs> Maybe.
1: Uh, yeah, it's vegan, and then it's wokten it's it's a it's a past form. It's a you don't use that anymore, but it's a, it's a past form of uh, yeah. And make sure that it's a wo, uh, closed o, vogten and the g is not g, as soft as you would expect it. It's vogten.
0: So it, the the auslaut Yeah,
1: it's a bit like like enjoying the g vogten.
0: Exactly. The other one that that unvoices in is in the next sentence in, in the next line.
1: Yeah, es rauschten leis die Wälder. That is a kind of This the same thing, It's normally you would say, es rauschten leise die Wälder. And uh, so if there, it's there leise, it, it's leise. Yeah, because uh,
0: there's an E on the end of it, it's voiced, it's yes. stimmhaft.
1: But if it's cut out, you have to say leise die Wälder.
0: Yeah. You had said about Vogten being a long O, Vogten yeah. long and closed. We also get that in the third verse.
1: <coughs> flog, yeah. Totally the same. Exactly. Flog is also a uh, past.
0: Yeah, and also then flogen, the G at the end.
1: From, what? From fliegen. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, that, that's okay.
0: <laughs> and Because uh, we had Volgen Vegan. So now we have Fliegen.
1: Fliegen, Flog.
0: Exactly. And you hear again the Auslautverhärtung, that the G becomes a, yeah. a K sound, an unvoiced Yeah, it's G. more flog
1: okay. than flug. Yeah. That, that is wrong, flog. So right is more flok.
0: Well, and then we have, there's a couple of little translation things here that I wanted to yeah. do. We had flok, but then in the next little sentence we have it with an umlaut.
1: Yeah. Uh, flüge. Yeah, that's, I think it's conditional. So flog is... Uh, I flew. I flew. flew. Exactly. And and uh, flöge is more uh, as As if it would. As if it would (laughs) fly. Fly at home.
0: Exactly. So awesome. we have that. Ag- I learned
1: something too. <laughs> it's good.
0: <laughs> but again, because that flok is is a long closed o, then this this o with an umlaut is also a long closed sound as yeah. well. Yeah.
1: But here you can hear the g's uh, changes. It's like flok in the beginning and the flog, It's it's more the g. The actual voice. The g. soft g sound. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the other last, the last little grammatical point I wanted to make was this. Our separable prefixed
1: verb ausspannen. Oh, yeah, that's often awesome about German. You. I you can tear words apart and, and set put it them together all over and, the place. Yeah, put them all over the place or put, <laughs> put it all together in a new word. Exactly. It's awesome. Yeah, it's from ausspannen, actually. It's what you do when you relax. <laughs> exactly. Or if you. Or the open up. Yeah, to open up.
0: Yeah, so, and in this sentence, it's important then to get from the und all the way through the, the word aus, right?
1: Yes, und meine Seele spannte weit ihre Flügel aus. So uh, in an in interpretation I would say uh, the Aus has to be related to the Spannte.
0: There were a few terms that we threw out here that I wanted to make sure were clear. Christoph mentioned the SZ. Remember, the SZ is that funny-looking double S that looks kind of like a B. In the case that we have here, geküsst, the Est-Set would nowadays be written as two S's, so the Yu umlaut is open and short. We've talked about the Est-Set rules a few times on the podcast, so if you need a refresher, check out episodes 8 and 22, where we cover that topic a little more fully. And I use the phrase fehatung An Auslaut would be the final letter, and verhärtung means hardening. So whenever we talk about devoicing the final consonant, we're actually saying Auslautverhärtung, just in another language. And it was tough for me to think quickly enough to translate vegan during the interview. We said cradled, but according to my dictionaries, here the translation is probably cl- closer to rocked or swayed, so the ears of corn swayed gently. Die Ähren wogten sacht. Our second text is Die Meinacht by Ludwig Heinrich Christoph Hölti, an 18th century German poet known for his ballads. Although you see in the text on the Lieten Artsong Texts page that there are four verses, we've chosen to concentrate on the version that Brahms set, which only includes the first, third and fourth verses. And just so you know, I did not add in the siren, it just happened to go by outside as we were chatting.
2: Die Meinacht. Wann der silberne Mond durch die Gesträuche blinkt und sein schlummerndes Licht über den Rasen streut und die Nachtigall flötet, wandle ich traurig von Busch zu Busch. Überhüllet von Laub girret ein Taubenpaar sein Entzücken mir vor, aber ich wende mich, suche dunklere Schatten und die einsame Träne rinnt. Wann, o lächelndes Bild, Welches wie Morgenrot durch die Seele mir strahlt, Find ich auf Erden dich, Und die einsame Träne Bebt mir heiße die Wangen herab.
0: That was Michael Schütze reading Die Mainacht. And when we first looked at this, the first thing we both said was the start of the second verse. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and talk to us about these U-Umlauts.
2: Ah, that's a very tough topic. Um, Ü, in the beginning of the word, has to be a long and a closed one. And the one of Hület has to be short and open. So, exactly the opposite. So, what I'm trying to do is Über Hület. I have the feeling it's easier to do if you get a really good impulse with the H. Über So Then you you get the, the short sound,
0: mm-hmm.
2: über hület von Laub.
0: And okay, so we know that because of the double L it's short, but do you actually double the L, that it's a short syllable I mean, um, but do you double the L or is it still just sort of a regular one L?
2: No, I don't think you you double it. You you may spend a little more time,
1: mm-hmm.
2: hület, but not in the sense as the Italians would do that. No, actually, okay. no, it's just one.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's then let's compare that to, um, to the open the open U sound that we get in the first verse a lot.
2: Mhm. Which is schlummernd. Schlummernd. This is short, of course, because of the double M mm-hmm. that follows it, and the difference to the U is very little. What was a word with a long U, as for instance? Um. Suche, Suche. That's a short one. Uh, A long one. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Suche and schlummernd. The way to produce it is pretty much the same to me. Zu schlü, zu schlü. The 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 difference is the length.
0: Yeah. Well, and to, to compare that, we get at the end of the first verse, we, we often hear people, Americans, saying bush to bush because we think it's a foreign language, it's got to be close closed U sound, but it's not, right?
2: It's not. It's exactly the same as in English. It's bush to bush.
0: So it's not nearly as hard as we want to make it.
2: No. <laughs> Which is true for most of all words.
0: <laughs> because if it's not work, then we're not doing anything, right? We have to. It right. has to be work.
2: Right. And as long as I don't sense the, the speaker or the singer work really hard, then it sounds more natural to me.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we've had long and short U-umlat, we've had long and short U. umlaut. we have had long and short u let us mm-hmm. talk a little bit about long and short E's so we can compare, because basically that u that umlaut is made from the combinations of U's and, and E's, I said I's. <laughs> so about comparing the, the long and short I's. If we can find any.
2: Licht, short, but it has to be bright. Licht, mm-hmm. and the long one would be mir, mir, Licht, mir. I don't think there is a big difference, is no, it? No,
0: it's well. The, I guess the difference is more that it's it's not quite so long and closed. Right. I mean, it's just that it. So it
2: has not enough time to sound with the same overtones, maybe.
0: Yeah. As, some space.
2: As, yeah with the same space, but again, I I feel the way to produce it is pretty much the same. You mm-hmm. don't do a, a really different sort of vowel, mm-hmm. Licht, ihr, ihr Licht. It's only the, again, it's, it's the length yeah. that makes the difference.
0: Okay, and we had, you also had said something about the word nachtegal
2: <laughs> Yes, <clears throat> and this is because I've often heard Nachtegall. Ooh. Ooh, right. <laughs> that's what I thought, but I never said. <laughs> so, um, it's so it's Nacht. Nachtigall. Nachtigall. So it's
0: short syllable.
2: Right. It's, it has the same short R as we have in Nacht, die Nacht bei Strauss, mm-hmm. mein Nacht. So that's, that's a word that occurs often in, in all the, the art songs, so make sure you get that right. Nacht.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, and since we have the the X, the back achlaut there, we yes. had also talked a little bit about that last verse.
2: Yeah. Well, that's an exception. Usually we do the the back one after an R, um, Lächelnd, In this case, we wouldn't say lechend.
0: Mm-hmm. That
2: sounds really weird to a German ear. Lechend, Lächelnd.
0: So the ichlaut. The, the, the ichlaut
2: in combination with the R. That's. Yeah. Rare, but it happens.
0: Yeah, and and I talk about this a lot because I think in we also sort of tend to think of a umlauts as being a very closed sound, but they're not, right? No, they're very actually, open. It's,
2: yeah, actually, it's it's more open than an open a. E.
0: Mhm.
2: To compare, herab, for instance, mm-hmm. herab would be an open a, e, and lächeln is more open, has more space. Yeah. So I, when I when I was in the United States last fall, there was a big discussion about if whether to make a difference between the ä e umlaut or the open ä. E. Yeah. And I'm convinced there is a difference. Uh huh. <laughs> well, and is it possible then to
0: sing that difference, or yes. is it okay?
2: Yes. Just the the needs more some more space than Herab. up.
0: Yeah. And the same thing obviously with träne. And that's the long one too.
2: That's a long one too. So you will hear a uh, difference. Mm-hmm. Träne to wende, wende. The, well, wende, träne. You hear the difference? I, yeah. Wende, träne. Yeah. It's more open.
0: Yeah. One other question that I had. We have in the last verse, we have F I N D with an apostrophe and then ish. So, in that case, obviously it's short for finde, is yes. but because we've lost the the E at the end of the word finde, do we do, we do the, what uh, Mirko told me, the word is uh, auslautverhärtung? Do we harden that D and make it a T sound?
2: Yes. Find. I, I would definitely make it a T. Mm-hmm. Just for, for the reason of being really clear. Find ich. Plus, we have the problem that the next word starts on a vowel. Mm-hmm. And... We must never connect a vowel-started word to the previous word. Mm-hmm. So by doing the fint with the aspiration in the end, it will be much easier to get the, the little gap between the two words than with a soft and, and smooth find Yeah, That's harder. So I think that's two good reasons yeah. to make the, the last uh, D a hard one.
0: What about, we have uh, the the prefix ENT that we see on a lot of words. And we have that here in our third verse.
2: Entzücken. First of all, it's always open. Okay. Never ever it's ENT or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's always short and open. Entzücken. And to make the word clear, you better speak the T with a very good aspiration. Entzücken.
0: So that we get both the T and then the T sound at the beginning of the second. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we need both. And obviously there are open U umla, so the capital Y. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, you heard it here. Bush zu bush is exactly the same as it is in English. It's easy to assume that since it's a foreign language, it must sound different than it does in English but it really is the same sound, and if you look them up in the dictionary, the phonetics are exactly the same. B, open U, and the long squiggly S. I thought it was interesting that Christoph said with Gekust that doubling the consonant is a little like Italian, and Michael said, don't double consonants exactly the way you would in Italian, just hang on to them a little longer sometimes. The way we explain it in Italian is that the first consonant has to finish the first syllable, and the second consonant starts the next syllable. So we transcribe it that way phonetically. For example, Batti would be transcribed as B-A-T-T-I, exactly the way it's spelled. In German, on the other hand, we don't phonetically double the consonant in transcribing it. A word like Sommer, S-O-M-M-E-R, which means summer, would be Z, open O, M, upside down A. I looked this rule up in five different diction books and found four different responses, including some that even phonetically transcribe the double consonant with a colon between them, lengthening it even further, which technically isn't correct. The only cases where it functions just like Italian is in compound words that connect in the same consonant, like Schulleiter or Leichtun. The rest of the time, with words like Mutter and Immer, Remember that while you can lengthen double consonants in German, be aware that it's not necessarily exactly the same way you would double an Italian consonant. Open and closed u's and i's. Michael said that to him it seems that they're produced the same, that the only difference is the length, but to my ears you can really hear the difference in the vowel quality, and obviously they're transcribed differently phonetically. Some diction books have these little drawings to show tongue position, and honestly, I don't really like those little drawings. But a German friend of mine who studies Sprecherziehung, which is speech training, had sent me a website from the University of Iowa that shows these same kinds of drawings, but in motion, which makes much more sense to me. I'll post a link to this website, and if you watch the open I as opposed to the closed E, you can see that the tongue is basically in the same position, with the sides of the tongue up on the upper teeth but when I practice saying the sounds, I notice that with the closed E, the middle of my tongue feels a little more rounded than the open e, which doesn't show on a side view of the motion, since <laughs> the sides of the tongue are high. If you watch the open and closed U's, however, you can see a slight difference in the tongue position. It seems like in the closed o the round part of the tongue is back a little further than in o. If you're having trouble finding the difference in these sounds, it's an interesting little model to watch. Michael Schütze graduated with honors in accompanying from the Dresden Hochschule für Musik, the music conservatory here in Dresden. He's currently on the faculty there, and also accompanied many international competitions, recitals, and masterclasses. Michael has worked at the Tanglewood Festival in Boston and given master classes in the United States as well. How important is is it to actually follow all the rules when you're singing? I mean, we talk a lot on this podcast about the rules, but when <laughs> when you're actually coaching somebody, how much do they have to follow the rules? Is it more important to to create a line? Is it more important to modify when we get up into the sort of the stratosphere or
2: Well, again, there are very different opinions. I think for a singer, the first thing to do is make sure you sound pretty. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I mean, there is one exception, and this is the art songs of Hugo Wolf. In a letter he wrote that he prefers a singer with a pretty ugly voice but very clear and clean diction to a singer with a beautiful, beautiful voice and mumbling. Mm-hmm. So this is the exception. But other than that, I think it's your first responsibility to to sound beautiful. So you may have to to shape some vowels, you may have... Let's not call it break the rules, but you have to to make the rules fit mm-hmm. to your singing technique, and this depends on the tessitura and that you are singing. It depends on the voice type you are. So I would say follow the rules as as well as you can, as long as it doesn't screw up your singing technique.
0: Yeah. Rule number one, sound pretty. I'm totally with Michael on this concept. It's absolutely possible to find the balance of singing beautifully and healthfully and still being understood. My college chorus teacher, Dr. Robert Page, used to tell us, we don't sing language. We sing sounds that come out sounding to the listener like language. And I think he's right. This podcast is all about the rules because it's important to make informed decisions. If you know the rules but need to break them for a specific vocal reason, it's allowable as long as the fix that you come up with sounds like the language. Just as an example, say you have this very open E, this E umlaut sound that we keep talking about in a song, set so that it's going straight through your passaggio. You could probably close the sound slightly to a closed E until it gets out above or below your break. Since E is pretty close to an E, It should still come out sounding like the language, while narrowing things out enough to negotiate a troublesome spot in the voice. And once we get above the staff, I tend to be a fan of what I call non-consonantal singing. Once we're singing very high, there are some consonants that disturb the vocal line, so I kind of let people get away with not singing them all the time. But these are things that you'll need to get another pair of ears to help with, because every voice and every instrument is different. Having someone on the outside listening will ensure that the changes you make still come out sounding like the text you're trying to convey. And that's our show for today. If you'd like to know more about Christoph Pohl or Michael Schütze, or if you have any questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that others can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening. See you next week.